Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 30th day of June. I'm your host, Paul White. Heads up, today is essay edition, but tomorrow, Friday, is Long Form Friday on the first day of July. I hope you'll check it out. And now, oh, and a reminder, you can get this essay in print at paulwhiteministries.com. So here it is for June 2022, the DDP essay edition. Last month, Natasha and I had the privilege of watching both of our kids graduate. Lucas finished his undergraduate studies at Doan University, and Lauren graduated from Flowery Branch High School. Like any parent, we were both happy and sad as we celebrated these milestones while also feeling a tug of nostalgia for the days when they were younger. These ceremonies gave me reason to ponder the nature of change, the necessity of it, and the pain associated with it. I welcome the change because I know it means they're moving on to bigger things, which is what we hope for, for those we care about. It carries an element of pain because it marks the end of something that was adventurous and wonderful and that will not come around again. These reflections are probably what led to a spiritual journey. In our April monthly meeting in Georgia, I ministered on what it means to have the mind of Christ. This sermon occurred about two weeks before that first graduation, and I don't recall linking the two in my mind, but midway through that message, we spend time with Paul's letter to the Philippians, where he explains the need for the church to share the mind of Christ. This seems like a tall task until you break down Paul's explanation. He said that equality with God was something that Jesus voluntarily let go of. He thought it not a thing to be grasped. Now that thought led us into the Gospels so we could look at Jesus. It's hard to share his mind if we don't know what he was thinking. So it was a quality word by my own admission, and I figured it would slip into the past like other sermons do as I move on to the next word for the next audience. But then came the first graduation, accompanied by the waterworks. I cried with joy as my son received his degree. It was the culmination of years of effort and hard work, and even though he gets another year of athletic eligibility due to the pandemic, it felt like the beginning of the end of this fun run of baseball that we've shared together. My tears were not an indication that I wish it would go any other way. It is just as it should be, and that ceremony got me to thinking of all that we leave behind so that we can embrace the next chapter of life. One week after that graduation, I was scheduled to be the keynote speaker at a conference in southern Indiana. The evening services were open to the public, but there was one daytime session on the schedule where I would be speaking to the paid conference attendees, most of whom were active in ministry in one way or the other. Now, these are my people. I speak their language. I know their passions and their pains. What I would say to that group had to be a little different than how I would approach the general public through a typical service. In that week of preparation, my heart kept drifting back to that April sermon on the mind of Christ. Not so much to that theme, but to that little passage where Paul said that Jesus did not think equality was a thing to be grasped. I wanted to take the audience there because refusal to grasp meant that Jesus had to let go of something. And as the recent graduation had taught me, Letting go isn't as easy as it sounds. Well, if you follow our ministry closely, you notice that we don't repeat sermons often. I repeat statements within sermons, 
and sometimes do so in consecutive sermons because that thought's one I'm currently wrestling with or it's a theme I can't move away from. But I rarely take a sermon and repeat it within a short time frame. The reason for that is quite simple. Our audience follows us on digital platforms and we've established an unspoken rule that we will put up new material on a consistent basis. If I preach the same message four different ways in a month because it's on my mind, I feel that cheats the audience that's given their time and their donations to be fed fresh bread. And I want it as fresh as possible, not some retread, warmed-up version with a new title on it. Now, I have had wise advice given to me from people I admire who have said I should dispense of that rule of not repeating sermons too often because we have some thoughts that need preached repeatedly. I agree, and that's why I let some sermons run into the weeds, so that I can say the things I need to say without framing an entire sermon around them. And that's also one of the reasons I wrote my latest book, so that I can say what I'm currently saying in the voice I've grown comfortable with. I'll also admit that I don't do repeats much because I prefer to say something that is fresh to me so I can say it with enthusiasm. I have found that when you go over the same material too much, it can lose the spark. And as a speech teacher in college taught me, Paul, if you are bored, your audience is really bored. Needless to say, I did not repeat the sermon. Not really, but I did hang on to the thought and even use much of the same text. Rather than focus on the mind of Christ aspect, I drew attention to the Luke 12 statement that a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things that he possesses. The Greek used for possesses is closer to the things on hand. Take that and mix it with Jesus' previous statement that we should be on guard against all kinds of greed, and you've got something. All kinds of greed indicates that greed is not so much about money or stuff as it is about the things on hand or the things we won't let go of. Put that with Paul's statement that Jesus refused to grasp his equality with God, and you've got a sermon that speaks to leaders or really to all of us, that sometimes we need to simply let go. Let go has been the most popular sermon we've posted in the first half of 2022 in terms of feedback. I've heard from ministers and pastors around the world about the impact that that thought has had on them. Many of them come out of abusive churches or even cults. They have so much baggage about church and working for God, and they have an entire framework of concepts and ideas that they have discovered to be lifeless and too hard to carry. Moving forward is preferable to quitting, but they don't know how. Learning to let go and having permission to do so is a difficult lesson. But as so many are finding, letting go is the only way you can empty yourself of the baggage that weighs you down. Only when you let go can you grasp something new. I'll not walk you through the points of the sermon titled Let Go, but I encourage you to look it up and give it a listen if you haven't already. What I'd like to do here is give you a few things to consider in the process of letting go. Maybe identifying some things we grasp that we don't even realize we're holding on to could be the crucial first step in learning how to leave it all behind. It is obvious that we need to let go of the negative and the sin. Where we have failed, we can learn from it, but we need to move on. Don't beat yourself up endlessly for mistakes you have made. Let go of the guilt and the condemnation because Christ has forgiven you and is working on restoration within you and around you. The forgiveness is automatic, but the restoration takes time as people are involved. 
Let go of what no longer defines you about those actions and those moments and do the hard work of being patient as others let go of it as well. Remember, when we're letting go of our negative actions, others hold those memories as well. We cannot make them let go. And maybe we should not expect them to. We also cannot speed the process. As Jesus said, in your patience you possess your soul. That could mean that our emotional stability will be tested by our need for patience. We need to let go of the past in another way. Memory is a special gift from God. One could even say it is a God-like quality. We remember, and in that remembrance we laugh, cry, and even hurt. Holding on to the good times is a gift, but living there or wishing we could go there again can tilt toward unhealthy. If we live in the past, we struggle to do anything of value in the present, and we are completely unprepared for the future. We've all been around those who talk so much of the past that it becomes a drag on the moment. It's like the current moment can never hold their attention because they're always drifting back to old moments or the good old days. If you struggle with this, I encourage you to look around your life to find the things worth holding on to and take inventory of them. You can only grasp so many things at the same time, so determine what to let go of and what to hold on to. Another thing we should let go of, but that we rarely think to release, is the good stuff. We're only capable of carrying so much, and we spend so much time trying to release the bad stuff from our past that we don't think much of letting go of the good as well. The good was good in its day, but it may not be good forever. That fruit is ripe in its season, but it's not built for another season. Let the memories of the good remain a memory you can look at like pictures in a scrapbook. You go back there occasionally, but you don't get to live in it. The good in your life, your church, your ministry was exceptional in its season, and it propelled you to where you are. Let this season and its ripe fruit be the delight of your heart and prepare for the leaves to change and take you to where you're going. Let go of the voices and the influence of people who had their moment on the stage of your life but have passed. They were relevant to you in their season, and you can always value them for it but they do not have the authority to continue to speak into your life in your current season. So many of us are doing what someone in our past would think is worthwhile, but we're no longer finding life there. The ghosts of our grandparents, parents, and pastors do not get to dictate the revelation we walk in today. Let go of their voices and their approval. Grasp the fresh wind of the Spirit for your walk and your life. Let go of how you did things. New wine does not carry well in an old wineskin. If the old is all you have, pray for a time of restoration. He who makes all things new can make your wineskins new as well, but he cannot if you hold on to your own definitions. In conclusion, the graduations have me introspective and retrospective. I must let go of where we were so that we can fully embrace where we are going. I'm sure that applies in ministry as well as life. If you take nothing from my version of this story, I hope at least that you write your own version, complete with the things you know you need to let go of, and full of hopeful things you'd like to grab. Be alert for all kinds of greed, not only of money and possessions, but whatever you hold on to that is no longer yours or was never yours in the first place. Let go, my friend. Grace to you.